Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin to talk about our topic today, which is, are you getting your needs met? Let's go ahead and take our golden pause, so wherever you are, sit comfortably. If you're driving or doing an activity, just pay attention to your activity, whatever it is you're doing, and just use this as a centering breathing exercise. So let's begin. Sit comfortably in a chair with your palms upright, your shoulders back, your neck long. Or if you're sitting on the floor Indian style, sit the same way. What you want to do is create this... um, easy vertical alignment in you where your breath can do this natural circular motion, sort of what we call clearing the chakra breathing. Very deep breathing. And most people, I just want to say, um, don't know how to breathe until they start breathing correctly. So the way we breathe correctly is you can put your hand on your belly for a moment. You can begin to breathe in through your nose. And notice your belly extends and comes out as you breathe in. And as you exhale, your belly goes back in. So go ahead and breathe with me this way by taking very deep breaths. Breathing in through your nose and exhaling and allowing yourself to relax. This time as you breathe in, breathe in golden sunlight, pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being to the tips of your fingers and toes, to the top of your head, in your core, pure golden sunlight, and exhale and let go. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart. Just spend a moment Thinking of one thing, one special thing that you feel incredibly grateful for. Gratitude is how our heart expresses joy. So just be in that joy of gratitude, breathing in that golden sunlight, allowing yourself to fully take in that breath and exhaling any tension you feel, any anxiety, any worry, and just let go. Now as you breathe in pure golden sunlight, feeling all that gratitude throughout your entire body, filling your soul, your heart, your whole body with pure golden gratitude, just go ahead and exhale and open your eyes. Oh, those golden pauses are so yummy. Just as a reminder, the more you practice this, the easier it gets to just Access your golden pause throughout your busy day. When you start to feel stressed or you start to feel over anxious, or maybe you want to go to the kitchen and grab um, something that you're not really even hungry for, just go ahead and take that golden pause before you do. And you can always do it later. 
You know, that's what I tell myself. If I still have the desire after I pause and I check in with myself and I really get centered, then I can still do what I want to do. It's always your choice. You're always, always, always in choice. Now, yesterday I had the opportunity to speak on a panel at the New Living Expo in San Francisco, and I was speaking um, with some really great teachers. Um, Carolyn Mace was one of them. And I was sitting there, and and a question came up about um, getting your needs met. And I thought, well, that's a great podcast. Um, We were talking about vulnerability and how it can be really difficult to be vulnerable. And why is that? Why is it so difficult to be vulnerable? So the first thing I'm going to talk about is the vulnerable piece. And, you know, vulnerability is something that when you are vulnerable, you open the door um, for really true intimacy. Why? Because you are in your heart. And Intimacy comes, I love breaking down that word, into me, you see. There's no way to have true intimacy unless you can be in that place in your heart. You can't get intimacy from having a head conversation. It just doesn't happen. Intimacy happens when you're in your heart and you allow your heart to open. Now, an open heart is not always the easiest thing to have in, you know, because we do get caught up in our thinking, we get caught up in our heads. But let's talk about our closest relationships and how honest can we be in those closest relationships. What came up for me yesterday in this conversation was I realized that one of the most vulnerable questions that we can ask Um, ourselves and also ask our partners in life. And I'm not just talking about your marriage partner, your love partner, but this is the most primary important relationship to ask this, but also your friends, you know, the people that you're closest to. Right now in my life, I don't have a partner. And so I have a couple of very close friends. And you can ask this question of yourself in regards to your friendships too. But the question is, am I, am I getting my needs met? And am I being vulnerable enough to ask, to ask the question, you know, of, of not only yourself, but of the people around you? You know, so let's just say you have a lover, for example. A lover who maybe is a really good friend or somebody that you care about. Um, maybe it's not a primary traditional relationship. Maybe like me, you have unconventional relationships, you know, where you have a lover that you consider a great friend. And every once in a while, you slip into the lover category. You know, this is something that um, is a big surprise to me about being single at this time in my life. You know, that there are many men that I've met over the years that I adore, men that meet the criteria of, um, you know, maybe they're 75, 80, 85% of my criteria. But you know, it's that extra little bit that um, keeps me from really jumping in, from being 100% in to that relationship. 
you know, and I always say, well, if it's not 100% yes, then it's probably a no. But it doesn't mean it's a no way. It doesn't mean that it's an absolute no, because you can have relationships with people that are nourishing to you, nourishing to your heart and soul, but they don't take up the true space of what partnership really means. And they don't take up the space in your life um, of you having to always give so much when it's potentially not necessarily the right relationship that meets the partnership category needs. So here's how you answer that question. Are my needs being met? First, you have to ask yourself, what do you value most? You know, what is the deepest level of value? And live by those values. So for example, if it's valuable for you to make sure that you are choosing relationships and friendships that listen well, listening is really perhaps one of the greatest skills of all time is to be able to listen with an open heart and really listen, not listen for the opportunity to talk next, but listen to the person that is that is really needing you to listen. You know, that's definitely one of my highest needs. And Richard taught me that. And I've talked about this on the podcast many times about becoming a world-class listener. It's so important to all your relationships to be able to listen, witness, and hear. So when you ask yourself, what are your deepest needs? Is listening one of them? Perhaps it's companionship. Perhaps if you look at the five love languages, for example, what are your love languages? Now, I haven't studied the five love languages. I only know a few of them. I potentially only know the ones that um, really relate to me, (laughs) which I know that one of my love languages is quality time. I also know that one of my love languages is to be affirming. I know there's touch. Um, those are the three that I'm most familiar with. And gift giving, that's four. I'm trying to think what the fifth is. Maybe you know what the fifth is. Maybe you can write it in the comments for everyone. (laughs) But, you know, no, the Love Languages book is really great because it really points to what do you value most? And these are the questions that when you're going to ask, are my needs being met? then you need to ask these questions. What are those needs? You know, you need to be able to define yourself. What are those basic human needs that you absolutely have to have? So here's how it gets vulnerable in relationship. Let's say you are in a partnership and a marriage, and it's a long-term marriage, and you do feel lonely in that marriage. A lot of people do. Believe me, as close as I was to Richard... I had to say to him a couple times, "Hun, you know what? I'm married to you and we need to connect. We need to really connect right now because I'm feeling lonely in our marriage and I need to know that you're really there for me. I need to know you have my back, that I have yours and you have mine and you're not taking us for granted. You know, this is something that happens and it, and it happens in um, relationship really easy. We slip into habits and ways of being and doing things. And it kind of starts to lack that, that real connected juice that we need. 
that, you know, and women, for example, you know, you start to realize, oh, well, if your sex life is lacking, it's probably lacking because you're not feeling super connected. You know, I have a really hard time as even a single woman now, um, really connecting in with a man that I haven't spent time with recently, but we're connected, but we haven't spent time in, you know, super recently. My hormones aren't at a, you know, high juicy level where I, you know, get really like, oh, I'm, you know, just really ready to um, be intimate with a person, a man, when I'm not connected to them. So I need to have that deep feeling of connection before I'm ready to have any kind of intimacy. And, you know, if I don't have that, then I'm not feeling connected. Well, guess what? I don't, I don't feel like having sex with a person I'm not connected to. I'm just not that in that place in my body at this time in my life. Personally, I feel like hormones are really the cornerstone of why people have random sex, why young people are so crazed, even young single people, why they're just hooking up because they're like these hormonal bombs ready to go off. And I remember in my 40s, I remember feeling that way, just, you know, waking up horny every day, you know, seriously, we just have to be honest here. I'm going to get really vulnerable with you right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know, it's just like your hormones drive you to, um, feeling these deep inner feelings of need and want. And, you know, that's changed for me. My needs and my wants have changed deeply as I've gone through menopause and that's okay. You know, I, my doctor says to me sometimes, Chris, <laughs> your testosterone's lower for you than it used to be. Are, are you concerned about that? And I'm like, nope, not concerned about that at all. As far as I'm concerned, that's a good thing. And it's not that I still don't love, you know, having great sex. I do. And that is a human need that I have. But I'm not willing to have sex with somebody that I don't feel connected to. It's just not where I'm at. And I think a lot of married women feel that way with their husbands. So husbands, if you're listening, you know, don't ever stop courting your wife. Don't ever stop wooing her because women do need to be wooed. And women... Don't ever stop giving your husband the opportunity to be attracted to you. You know, sway those hips in the kitchen, you know? (laughs) I mean, listen, this is something that we all need to um, really understand. And that is that something was said yesterday on this panel that I think you'll find very interesting. And it was said by a man I'm terrible with names. Forgive me. Terry was his name. He wrote that article. Um, he was wrote that article recently that was on Newsweek called "The Art of um, Marriage and Science" or "The Science of Marriage." That's what it was called, "The Science of Marriage." And um, and I apologize for not knowing his last name, but he um, said something really powerful, and that was that men don't really lose interest in their marriage. What happens to men is what they lose interest in is their wives nagging at them, is their wives being upset with them, is their wives being unhappy with them. You know, and even if you're in 
a long-term dating relationship or a long-term partnership that isn't marriage, but it's an it's a connected, committed relationship. This is something that men really have um, a struggle with. You know, I have dated men. I've dated a man. I dated him for a really long time, and and we were very very close. But he couldn't get over the fact that he was always disappointing me, and I really wasn't acting disappointed. But he couldn't get over the fact that he couldn't show up enough in the relationship. And, and that was really, in, at the end of the day, that was the thing that disconnected us the most, was that he felt that he wasn't showing up enough in the relationship. Now, if I'm really honest with myself, that's very true that he wasn't showing up enough for me, but I wasn't making him feel that way. He just knew that if he was going to be with a woman like me in an exclusive relationship, he needed to be there more, and he wasn't. And so that, in the end, was the end of that um, relationship the way we knew it. Now, we are friends today. We are good friends, and I adore this man. And we've made our way to friendship, and that's just a beautiful thing when you can take a loving connection and move toward friendship. But when your needs are not being met, it's important for you to acknowledge because it's frustrating, isn't it? It's super frustrating not having our needs met. Okay, so now I'm going to get super, super, really vulnerable with you. And I'm going to say, isn't the hardest question to ask, ask for what you need in bed? It is. It's a really, really hard thing to get that vulnerable and that um, overt about asking for what you need. Why? Because, you know, you're sensitive to your partner. You're thinking to yourself, well, I don't want him to feel emasculated by this question, or I don't want him to feel like he's not doing it right, you know, but I've only had men a couple of times actually ask me, you know, how do you like this? You know, what, what, what can I do to make this really wonderful for you? Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that just, doesn't that question just so hold you when you're so raw and you're naked and you're exposed and you're vulnerable? The question, what do you like? What do you need? All right. So here's, this has been a big podcast today, hasn't it? So I should sit on more of these New Living Expo panels because it really opens me up to being a lot more vulnerable, a lot more honest with you. And you are my listeners, and I want to um, have that kind of intimacy with you. I also want to get a little edgy about, um, you know, don't sweat the small stuff, live the big stuff. Know what matters to you. Do what matters to you. Speak your mind when you need to. Understand what your needs are. And with that, I'm going to close the podcast today and say, please share this with the women you know, with your family, with your friends, with your husbands. I think that um, the more you can inspire yourself, the more you can inspire yourself to honor yourself, the better your life will be. So don't sweat the small stuff. Live the big stuff. This is Christine Carlson. Come back again. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Live the big stuff. Christine's new book, From Heartbreak to Wholeness, The Hero's Journey to Joy, is available at all major booksellers. Visit from heartbreaktowholeness.com with your receipt of purchase 
to receive some fabulous free bonuses. That's from heartbreaktowholeness.com.